So, for today's question, I want to call on your immense knowledge. Now, this is going to bring in all kinds of different areas. So, your, your knowledge of world history, your knowledge of biblical history, and your knowledge of geography. Sounds complex, doesn't it? It may be for, you know, St. Margaret Mary kids, that would be complex, but this is St. Patrick's. So, oh, that's right, I have to ask the choir. <laughs> I get upset. And adults, you can help, but wait for a minute. I can't get too close. The Queen of Sheba, we know where she was actually from. We know what country she actually came from, what modern-day country. And I'll give you a hint, it's in Africa, the continent of Africa. So what country was the Queen of Sheba from? Egypt? No, you're pretty close though. Nigeria? No, no. Well, Africa is a continent. Yeah, yeah, but it's a country within Africa. One more. I forgot. Okay. Um, the desert. No, no, not quite. Let's go over here. There's some pretty, pretty, yes, you, you're very enthusiastic. England. Not England, uh-uh. Not England. But there is something that England and Egypt have in common that actually would be a clue. Jerusalem? Jerusalem? No, not Jerusalem. Um, the Nile? The Nile? No, not quite. Niger? Niger? Nope, not Niger. Here. Oh, we've got a very enthusiastic hand over here. I'm going to ask him, then I'm going to come back and ask you. Ethiopia? Ethiopia. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He got it. Ethiopia. The Queen of Sheba is from this country of Ethiopia. And I, I think for the... Oh, well, I also have some more bad news. You know, Lent starts next Wednesday. So there's no more candy for a while. But then once we get into Easter, then there's two bags of candy. So we'll make up for it. We'll make up for it. But I, I think once we get to Easter, I need to not ask the those classes back there because they seem to get everything lately. The, the beginning of the year, they said they got nothing. Now they get everything. So, But Ethiopia. The Queen of Sheba is from Ethiopia. And we, we know this, and it actually it matters because, in a surprising way, we think of all of the Jews being in and around Jerusalem, in Israel. But there is actually a really large community of Jews in the country of Ethiopia. And the country of Ethiopia was a pretty important country in its time. And it has, it, it, had, it was one of the first uh, groups of people to actually accept Christ. And so the country that held many Jews outside of, of the land of Israel became one of the first places that there were a lot of Christians uh, outside of the Holy Land as well. We don't think of that too often. Uh, we think of, of other places first and foremost, but it's important to remember the history of Africa 
it, uh, it, it has a lot to do with our, our, our religious roots. So she comes and she is what? Is she just like, oh, this King Solomon guy, he's whatever. Is, is that his response? No. No, she's pretty amazed, isn't she? The Queen of Sheba is like, wow. This guy knows what he's talking about. She's absolutely amazed at what King Solomon has to say, his wisdom, and also the power of his country. She's just amazed. And so she actually kind of allies herself with Israel. She uh, gives great gifts. They become uh, allies. They, they want to support one another. The Queen of Sheba has found something that is amazing, something that is worth her dedication. And in many ways, that is what we do here. We come together time and time again because we, as the people of God, not necessarily have found, but have been shown something that's pretty amazing. The love of Jesus Christ alive in the world. What happens on this altar, what happened on that crucifix, all of this is what brings our heart time and again, even if we're a little sleepy, time and again, we come to this place to celebrate that which captivates, it's a good word for your English classes, captivates our hearts. Now, I want to tell you a little bit, of, a little story about a, a young father, Adam. Well, he wasn't really that young. He was older than you all. But uh, I was in high school and I was working at a local nursing home and it was run by another uh, uh, Christian denomination. In this Christian denomination, they look at the Old Testament and they see all kinds of rules about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat and all that kind of stuff. And they've decided as a denomination that that is pretty important. And so they, they wouldn't eat the things that the Old Testament told them not to eat. What is one thing that you can think of that the Old Testament tells us we can't eat? Apples? Oh, oh, you're thinking of the garden. No, 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 that was a specific, that was a specific tree, yeah. But that's a good guess, though. You're going, you're going way back. Yeah, I, I'm not going as far back. Chocolate? No, Neil, you're thinking of Lent. You're thinking of Lent. Tomatoes? Well, that's connected to the apples. Pork. pork. That's what I'm going for, pork. They also say you can't eat uh, uh, shellfish, you can't eat uh, bottom dwellers, you can't eat, um, you can only eat animals with a cloven hoof, you can't eat, uh, anyways, the, the three-part hoof, I don't know what that's called, but it has a certain name, so you can't. You can eat sheep, but you can't eat pigs. You can't eat camels either, which who would want to eat camel? But anyway, there you go. But the point I'm trying to make is that the Old Testament tells us that we shouldn't eat pork, that we shouldn't eat pig. And this, the man I worked for at this nursing home, he used to be Catholic. I would say he's still Catholic. He was baptized Catholic, but he'd married 
a woman from this other denomination. So he was very strict against things that he thought were wrong with the Catholic Church. And he told me, Adam, because I was just Adam then, Adam, you're going to have to answer to God for eating pork. And I thought, that's not what we teach, but okay. So guess what Adam did for the rest of his time? I worked there for eight years. Guess what I had for lunch every day? Except during Lent. A ham sandwich. Because <laughs> that's how I am. That's how I am. If we look at today's gospel, Christ says all foods are clean. Christ is trying to point out to us that the great thing that we are looking for is not to be found on the inside or on the outside. It's to be found on the inside. That oftentimes we as a people can look outward and say, well, this is what's going to make me holy or this is what makes me bad, or this is what makes me good, or this is what makes me nice. We try and we try, we, we, we find clothes to wear, we find things to have, we do all kinds of things on the outside. And Christ is trying to point to us and tell us all of that may play a part, but ultimately it's what's on the inside that matters. The Queen of Sheba found something important, but that was on the outside. We have found something amazing that desires to exist on the inside. Let us today put away things that are on the outside. That's what Lent is going to be about. That's what Lent tries to teach us. Don't worry so much about all of those things on the outside. Worry about those things that are on the inside. Start to prepare yourself. Ask yourself, how do you want Lent to be this year? We've got one week until Lent starts. And you can wait a little bit longer, but we don't wait too long. To ask yourself, how am I going to be not necessarily a better person, but a better disciple of Jesus Christ by participating in Lent with my family, with my class, with my Catholic community this Lent.